Hi, this is Ivy Maddox, and you're listening to Tanya Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success Podcast. This is Tanya Tate. Skinfluencer Success. wonderful people who are looking to level up your loot. I'm Tanya Tate and this is my podcast, Tanya Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success. On today's show, how to change doubt into success. Also, my guest Ivy Maddox is a content creator and performer from the UK who ticked off one of her bucket list goals in her first week in the adult industry. She will discuss how making goals can become your reality. So since getting back from my recent vacation, or should I say, me holidays, I've been busy with creating content for my premium social media platforms. So some of the highlights of my recent releases have been sharing my brand new toy with Max Fills. I have a Tanya Tate stroker. Um, so it's a field Tanya Tate. And it's in collaboration with Kiru. And it was so much fun sharing it with him and showing him step by step how it is to be used. So my toy can be used with something called a Keon, which is a device. It's like a black box that the stroker fits into. And the device itself controls the length and the speed of the stroke. So it can become interactive with content or it can be manually operated. Max soon discovered a new meaning to me controlling his euphoria. Giving a step-by-step instruction video is definitely helpful when showcasing a product. And I hope through watching it, some of my fans will personally get to discover my toy uses very soon. I recently did a giveaway of one of my Feel Tanya Tate Strokers on Twitter. And I want to say a big congrats to Timmy from Sweden as he was the winner. Congrats, Timmy! And keep your eyes and ears open for a future giveaway. They may be coming soon. I have quite a few favourite people that I love creating content with. And when it comes to collaborations, you might want to know, well, who do I decide who to work with? Well, I want to feel the chemistry when I'm working with someone. So the project is something that all of the people involved are really proud of. Something professional, someone fun, and someone who the fans find enjoyment when watching to the very end result. I have to say my health has enabled my body to have more stamina. And my mind has been able to release any reservations about my limits. And I shot something that is so far one of the highlights of this year with one of my favourite MILFs, Cherie DeVille and Max Fills. So in terms of my health and my stamina, this leads me into honouring a very influential friend of mine. I want to say a big congratulations to Gerd Kuvit. You are the European champion in powerlifting. Oh my God, so amazing. Gerd Kuvit, he won the title of European champion 
in powerlifting at the Senior European Championship in Pils in Czech Republic, and it's under the European Powerlifting Federation. He bench pressed 275 kilograms. So I had to work out what does it what pick up. He bench pressed 275 kilograms, which is 606 pounds. Can you imagine that? That is like powerlifting four and a half of me. Could you powerlift bench press one of me, two of me, three of me, four of me, and then add another little half of me? <laughs> like, I just can't imagine it. And I'm trying to think like, what would 606 pounds actually feel like? I just can't imagine like powerlifting one of me, two of me, three of me, four of me. We're going to keep going and put another half on. And he's made a new personal record. My TikTok reminded me a year ago when I first put my foot back into the gym for the first time in quite a few years. And how did I get there? One man, Gert Kuvit. So how did I meet Gert? So I used to travel a lot to London and one of the local gyms, this personal trainer, and he looked like a big teddy bear. And he was so nice, so friendly. He seemed to know what he was doing. And I looked at a couple of the girls that he was training and I was like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. And I started booking him to do my personal training every time I went to London I'd go into the gym and you know years later I'm living in LA and Gert actually moved back to his home country which is Estonia and when I got quite poorly when I when my body was being taken over by the Lyme disease I got really weak like fatigued So when my body was being taken over by the Lyme disease, I was really fatigued and tired and I've moved my arm 10 times like I'm doing a bicep curl with no weights and it'd be exhausting. So when my body was being taken over by the Lyme disease, I was weak, I was exhausted, everything ached. And if I moved my arm like 10 times, like doing a bicep curl without any weights, it it was just tired, I had to stop. So I was really, really weak. And I really had to start, really start over from scratch. Like to the point where I had to sit down to do exercises where I started off with DDP yoga. And DDP yoga, it's, it was founded by Damon Dallas Page when he broke his back and he started working to, to get his body back. So DDP yoga, it's as a variety of levels. So people that are bedridden can do it so I was literally sitting in the chair I was chair ridden and I would do the exercises sitting in the chair using my hands to lift my legs up it was crazy crazy thinking back so I did progress and I got strong and I thought you know what I need to go back and do some kind of training so I got in touch with Gert and I didn't realize he'd moved back to Estonia And he also didn't realise something else is that he was a vegan, a vegan athlete. And I was like, wow, two in one, that's exactly what I need. Someone who trains, who knows about food. And so that's when Gerd started training me. And he would train me twice a week in my house. 
virtual. And we did this and we did this for six months. And after six months, I said, Gert, when am I ready for the gym? And he said, you've been ready for a few weeks. I said, okay. So I found a local gym. I signed myself up. And one year ago is the first time that I set my feet back in the gym. And he's been training me virtually at the gym. And we've been progressively pushing the weights up. And I can remember being online and looking at a certain photo and saying to Gert, oh, look at my friend, look at my friend, Nicole Aniston. She's vegan. Look how amazing her body is, toned, strong, shapeful. I texted him a picture from her Instagram and I wrote, hashtag goals. And me and Nicole Aniston recently created some new content together. And I shared this with my OnlyFans members. And I've got to say to to being there, having the goals of being inspired by Nicole. It was just wonderful to be with her, to create. And it was really inspiring to talk over our shoot and talk about our shared love of vegan food and our spiritual way of thinking. I just look at her body. It's it's amazing. And I think because she's vegan, people think, well, I used to think, not people, I used to think, If you're a vegan, how can you be powerful? How can you have strength in your body? But when I see people like Nicole Aniston, and when I see people like Gert, and a vegan athlete, European powerlifting champion, bench pressing 606 pounds from a vegan body, I'm like, yes. You can do it. And you know when you see other people doing things, it really inspires you, doesn't it? One year later, I'm still going to the gym and once a week I check in online with Gerd and he listens and he talks me through some of my thoughts I'm having. And your thoughts can talk and your thoughts can put you in a spiral sometimes and I'm not perfect. Some days I'm like, okay, I know where I need to be going. And sometimes I'll see something and I'll start saying something and he, he, he stops me and he reminds me of where I am and where I came from. And that year ago, or that 18 months ago, and he pushes me out of my comfort zone enough to make a difference, but not too much that my body will be overdoing it. And he pushes the doubt out of my mind. He makes me remember how far I've come. And I was recently made aware by my doctor that I had an active helicobacter pylori. If I don't know if I said that right. H. pylori infection, which is a bacteria and infectious stomach. And you understand the infection, it usually happens during childhood and more than half the people in the world have it. But mine was like super high levels and I was quite affected by it so I took antibiotics and some additional herbs and now my body is changing and I feel I'm putting on some weight as my body's retaining the food and taking the nutrients out and I'm feeling physically stronger I can work out at the gym and I'm not feeling the same recovery aches and pains and I made a new gain a new gain not only have I been going to the gym for a whole year I made a new game and not only did I've started going to the gym, 
I've now started cardio at the gym, which is definitely something that I avoided. I have many excuses to myself for not doing it. And I doubted I could ever get back to where I used to be. Once I told myself why I should do it, to strengthen my heart, to help regulate my metabolism, and thinking about my work, my work is very active, being able to have stamina and strengthen my legs. So I've been doing cardio twice a week for 20 minutes and I'm doing the cross trainer. So it's not putting any banging pressure on my joints. So I'm just building it up slowly at a nice gentle pace. There are so many things that we can tell ourselves about why we do or don't do things. Doubt and we are capable dismissing our dreams. So if I had to listen to my inner voices when it comes to my health and training, I would be weaker and possibly sicker. You really have to trust in yourself and your body to be able to achieve amazing things. I was listening to a live webinar given by John Gordon and Ed Milet. They're two very impressive motivational speakers. And John has released numerous books and I, I have quite a few of his books actually. And he's just released a new one called The One Truth. And he wanted to share some points from this book. And Ed Milet was kind enough to be there to support and encourage his friend. And Ed had recently had John on his podcast and I'd listened to the episode and it really resonated with me. I had to get my hands on his new book and I had to let you know. I now have my very own hardback copy of The One Truth by John Gordon. So I started reading the PDF version, but now I've got the hardback version. I, I have to say, I much prefer a real book. So I'm going to be able to read and underline important notes. So John explains in The One Truth that our state of mind, the thoughts we think, the words we say, the life we live, the power we have and everything we experience is ultimately influenced by oneness and separation. So it doesn't really make sense when you say it like that, but I, I, I'm going to use today's episode to explain more because I believe in that we should be sharing information and we can feel defeated in this world and want to give up hope. And I could have done that when I was at my worst, when I was weak, I could have given up hope. I mean, we hear so many things that are happening that are causing us to feel separate from others. War, politics, disputes, death. But in his webinar in the book, John Gordon goes on to explain what he calls that are the five D's. And these can ultimately cause us to feel separate from ourselves and each other and lead to defeat. So I've got to say it just so you know, the book does have religious references so if people are not that comfortable with the word god you can still read the book but you can replace it with universe or source or higher self or whatever fits best for your belief system so the first d john says is doubt so instead of trust we have doubt and fear I have to sometimes stop myself from listening to the news or viewing social media headlines. Doubts starts and it's with a thought, can I really do this? I might fail. So sometimes like different seeds of doubt can be placed and you start questioning yourself. You start losing confidence. 
And if you let that seed of doubt grow, it can grow into a forest of uncertainty and fear. And the second D is distortion. So it's when the truth's changed. So you have all these negative thoughts about you and things about your future and it's, they're not true. Think of the negative thoughts as like lies because they're making you tell yourself things that aren't true. And the thoughts, these thoughts are coming in really fast and you're believing in them and you're reinforcing them. So the third D is discouragement. So when your doubts and the distortion, which are all the negative thoughts, when they overpower your mind, they can cause pessimism and hopelessness. And when the negative thoughts are coming in, we can believe the lies and we become more discouraged and we're lowering our state of mind. And this can cause us to give up. The fourth D, distraction. A distraction can keep you from the things that actually matter to you. Social media can can get you comparing. I I always think about this and I have to stop myself, stop comparing. I'm really guilty of it. Social media can lead you to be angry at the world or at others. I'm definitely not angry at the world, but I compare. I do compare. I see so many prompts online that's trying to get people to be angry at things and at each other but what really should count is not being angry but working together to make the world a better place and the fifth D division so when you experience doubt and you believe the distortions and you get discouraged and you find yourself distracted now you're finding yourself divided so the word anxious literally means divided So when you feel divided, you feel anxious. And when you're anxious, you feel divided. And when you feel divided and separate, you experience more negative thoughts. So John tells us, don't let the five Ds beat us. Are you listening to this? Because I was listening to this. John tells us, you've got to push the doubt away, trust in yourself. Doubt is just a negative thought, so push away. Tell yourself, I can, I can, I can. Don't water and feed the seeds of doubt. Trust in yourself. Water what you've made. That's your garden. Water it with positive things. This is you. And when you start thinking about the lies and they start coming into your head, stop them and start speaking the truth to them. Don't let those negative thoughts and the chitter-chatter in your head take over and it's like distorting all the truth. You know what the truth is. You can neutralize them so you can talk to yourself, tell yourself. It's like you can do it. I sit there and I hear Gerd's voice in my head sometimes. It's like telling me you can do it. And other times I hear other people's voices in my head that have said things to me in the past. I'm so proud of you. You are loved. You gotta neutralize them. I these things come back in my head and I remember them. Talk to yourself every day, tell yourself you can do it. I wake up and I literally thank thank the universe, thank thank God, whoever you want it to be, for another day that I'm alive. And I start off by 
telling myself it's an amazing day, I'm going to do amazing things, we're going to do stuff today. And I breathe in and it's like, yes. I'm encouraging myself every day to speak the truth. So especially when the lies start trying to be heard, encouragement means to put courage into. So here's the thing, if you fill yourself with courage, the courage will speak louder than the doubts. And then you can use that courage to take on the challenges in life. So you wake up, it's a new day, you're starting off, Courage to start a new day in a positive foot. Put that positive step forward. The challenges are going to come today, but you are going to be there and you're going to win through them. Tell yourself, encourage yourself, you're going to do it. You're going to overcome any discouragement that's going to come up today. That's going to defeat you. And the distractions. Oh my God, don't talk to me about the distractions, but I'm going to talk to you about them. Sometimes my podcasts can take a long time to prepare because I get distracted distractions like sometimes it's like oh I just need a little break so they can give you a little temporary relief so you can go and do something but you gotta come back you need to restore yourself back distractions are always going to be there well here's the most important thing you want to invest in not other people's drama not distractions not the social media you want to invest in you And try and find a way that helps you restore you to you. I mean, I mentioned I wake up, I say a few words. You can call it prayer, you can call it meditation, you can call it affirmations. There's so many things that you can do to invest in you. Talking with positive friends. Being in nature, being out in the fresh air, being thankful and feeling full of gratitude. John Gordon, because I'm still talking about the, the work that he's feeding us and I'm feeding you with it and I'm passing it on. John says, if you can feel your soul, you can elevate your state of mind. And when it comes to divide, fear can divide us. So think about what's the opposite of fear. The opposite of fear is love. So if fear divides, then love unites. So if you're starting to feel fear, you can respond with love. If you're being fearful about something, then you can turn it around. Like sometimes when I, I talk about comparing comparisons and it's, it's it's tricky it's tricky I know a lot of these things can be trickier than others and comparison is a big one for me you know it's just different because of the position that I'm in and you're put on a pedestal if you like and then you're looking oh how many followers have I got how many followers have they got oh and it, so instead of comparing, I think, oh, what are the good things that they're doing? And I, so I try and switch and I think, oh, I love what they're doing. Oh, that's a lovely tweet. And so I'm trying to get my heart to be like thinking, let's do the love rather than fearful out there doing better than me. So, you know, if you're going to be planning something, 
you're going to do? Let's, let's think of a shoot. I'm going to be planning a shoot. I don't want to focus on the fear, you know, this scene's not going to turn out well. I'm going to be letting people down. If I don't do a good a job, what about if my stamina is not as good? What about the way my body looks? What if it's not the way that they used to look? What if people getting upset? So thinking about letting people down, thinking about worrying what other people might think. If I let all those thoughts get to me every time, what I was making, what I was creating, the podcast, prepare and what if I'm going to let people down? What if people aren't going to like this podcast? What if they're going to be thinking, I don't like the word she's saying, who she thinks she is? If I start thinking about that, then it's going to be on a spiral downward. But if I start thinking about the love, how people are going to appreciate this, they're going to be listening, I'm going to be inspiring. I'm passing on messages. I'm passing on messages from John Gordon to you. I'm passing on messages the way that I get through life, the things that I'm doing, things that I want to share. And I'm thinking about the love and appreciation that you can be feeling as you're listening to this. And when you start feeling love, the fear's driven away. The division's gone. You don't feel divided. I don't feel divided from you that's listening to this because there's no fear. I don't feel divided from my colleagues that are on social media because you know what? We're all one of the same. We're all helping each other. We're all, in a way, being there for each other just from having a social media account to me being able to look and get ideas and I'm feeling more connected to people and you you can go out in nature and feel more connected to nature and feel more connected to the world through love. And looking back over my last year and the progress that I've made and my health and my strength, I can see how I've been beaten the five Ds. The doubt of me not getting better, I replace with, I can get better. I am getting better. I am better. And I can get stronger, then I'm getting stronger, then I am stronger. And each statement, I have more faith in myself, I trust in my body, I can heal, that I can be physically strong again. Dismissing any doubts of me getting better and just telling myself literally, stop that talk. When the lies start popping back up again. Literally sometimes, I'll kid you not, sometimes I'm sitting there and these thoughts are going through my head and I'm like, thinking F you, F you, F you. Like sometimes I know I get so mad at myself and in the UK, you know, putting two fingers up, it's not a peace sign, it's a F you sign. Sometimes I'm literally F you, F you. <laughs> and I make myself laugh, but I'm like, I'm telling my thoughts to do one. They're coming back, F you. I'm not listening to you. And just having the appreciation for how amazing I'm doing that week. You know, whether that was being on holiday and thanking my body for being able to make the trips and still feel energetic and working out and mid-exercise, telling my muscles how much I thank them for making my biceps be able to lift the dumbbells and even progress to a heavier weight and encouraging myself to keep going keep moving forward. My health can only go one way and that's upwards. Staying away from the drama and the stress that can have a detriment on my well-being and focusing on the things that really matter to me. 
And just walking out of the gym earlier, I thanked my body for being amazing. And one year later, reflecting on how much more perfect I'm feeling. And that Lyme disease that used to own me, that weakness that used to command my body, that fear that used to be my story. I've replaced this with health, strength and love. And you can do it too. John Gordon talked in his book, The One Truth, about talking to God. However, you can talk to whoever you want it to be. Whether it's via prayer, meditation, thoughts, affirmations. God, the universe, your higher self, whoever it is that's listening, that you feel is listening, that resonates with your soul. And I have to quote John Gordon, and it reminds us of these really simple yet very important words. You need to listen because this, this is good. You are here for a reason. You are loved. There is a plan for your life. You were never meant to be average. You have a desire to be great because deep down you know there is greatness within you. Write these words down because I'm going to repeat them again later in the episode as a reminder. And if you have feelings or any doubts that are creeping in, read the words out loud and remind yourself. You are great. I want to say for this episode, I know I'm going on about John Gordon and his book. He didn't send me a book for free. He's not paid me. It's not an ad. I'm really, really endorsing his work because I believe in it and because it resonated in me and because I felt that I had to share it. There's so much more in the book, right? It's not just about the five Ds, but that is something really big. And I've got to say to you, if you get a copy of his book, you go and check it out. Let me know. Tell me what you think about it. Tell me whatever stood out for you but yeah it's just no it's not an ad (laughs) it's not an ad I'm not sponsored by him I just want to talk about him and I want to share his words and I want to share his love and we're on to the part of the episode where I want to spotlight someone who I feel stands out or has done something interesting on their social media let me introduce this episode Skinfluencer Success Spotlight Perform as Cherie Laville. So not only is Cherie amazing and beautiful, she's happy to show her love naturally without it being a chore or a task. So I, I want to say that because I talk about love and about being connected to people. I've had my new Instagram account, Tanya Take Create, open running for a short time. And I created some amazingly, positively, just hypnotic content with Cherie Deville and Max Phil's. I can describe it as intense teamwork. And she posted me on her Instagram story and on her wall. And like literally two days later, I looked and I was crying with joy. My Instagram followers had literally doubled overnight. And my heart got so warm as it lifted up with so much love for Cherie. Cherie, she's always willing to answer any questions I have. And she's always willing to support a colleague. And I want to say thank you. Cherie Deville for being inspirational and beautiful. And go and follow her on Twitter at Cherie Deville and Instagram at Cherie Deville XO and tell her that Tanya Tate sent you there. 
and tag some performers who you think deserve to be the Skinfluencer Success Spotlight. Tweet me at, at Tanya Tate, comment on my YouTube or TikTok at Tanya Tate Tube, or Instagram at Tanya Tate Create. Or you can also leave me a voice note on my SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slash Tanya Tate, and let me know who you think should be spotlighted and why. Coming up next on Skinfluencer Success, my guest Ivy Maddox, who ticked off one of her bucket list goals in her first week in the adult industry, will discuss how making goals can be your reality. This is Tanya Tate. Skinfluencer Success. Are listening to Tanya Tate presents Skinfluencer Success. How can making goals become your reality? My guest is a performer from the UK who ticked off one of her bucket lists in the first week in the adult industry. Welcome, Ivy Maddox, to the Skinfluencer Success podcast. Hi, Tanya. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Hi, Ivy. It's so nice to have you on here. And this is like the first time, like we've talked before. Mm-hmm. But it, this is the first time that we've like properly sat down and properly had a chat and like really get to know more about you. So tell everyone, who is Ivy Maddox and how did you get started into the world of sex work? Ivy Maddox, uh, me. And when I was at university, um, I was studying uh, digital media design and I did enjoy it, but I was mainly there to kind of like move out and go and enjoy a uni- uh, university like experience and stuff. And I joined the cheerleading team whilst I was there. And I loved that because I was a cheerleader from like the age of seven growing up, like all through university. So yeah, that was that was really, really fun. But um, I also, as a side hustle, joined the local strip club and started working there. Uh, which I also enjoyed because I love dancing. <laughs> I've always loved dancing. I've enjoyed performing and, you know, and I enjoy the money as well, of course. Um, but the cheerleaders on my team found out and they weren't so happy about it. So I actually got cut from the uh. cheerleading team, which was really sad at the time. Um, you know, I was I was pretty upset by it because I really enjoyed going to the competitions and, you know, the, the team spirit, I guess. In the end... I managed to I managed to make a positive out of it because I uh, I used it I kept the cheer kit and I made it into a little stripper outfit. So <laughs> was, yeah. the cheer team have kicked you out. They're like, okay, you are too sexy. We're not putting up with this yeah. because you because you're stripping. And you're like, okay. There was another person um, who worked with me who was a nurse, and she got kicked out. She got kicked out of her actual. Um, degree like so mine my story wasn't as bad as hers like she wasn't allowed to do her um that year she had to retake it I think they were saying that she wasn't um like shouldn't be doing nursing if she was doing that work as well which I think is just really really not okay because it's you know sex work is work as well and I think it's more the fact that she felt like she had to she couldn't survive on um the student line alone you know mm-hmm. I think that was that's what the problem was rather than what she was doing at, at the work I think that's that's like a big problem isn't it like people women um men we 
we do one thing and then to support it, like we think, okay, we'll turn to a form of sex work. And then somebody finds out and they're like, we are not okay with you doing that form of sex work. Mm -hmm. Even though it's like we pay our taxes, you know, you're in a strip club. The strip club are paying business rates. They're paying taxes. They're part of the economy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are certain people that are going to be like, we don't want you to do this and we don't want to be part of this. Yeah. I think it's, that especially like when you, the point that you made about um, taxes, it's really difficult um, when people, there's this uh, stereotype that uh, sex workers don't pay taxes, but it's incredibly difficult for us to get like a bank account, for us to get like a loan. We get shut down on like online payment platforms all the time. There's an incredible mm. amount of financial discrimination. So yeah. it, it doesn't help the fact that there's that stereotype as another layer. But when we actually yeah. want to just see it as a normal job it, it is for me I see it as a normal job and I I totally pay my taxes um my accountant is so strict yeah <laughs> it's like, everything goes in but yeah you, you know I always I always you know my mom's actually this. my accountant <laughs> I wish she yeah the, I mean she she you used to um be the accountant at my school and so that's I think why I've got such bad I'm bad money management because she's always like helped me out with it like my mum knows everything I do and she was she's she was around here earlier actually so <laughs> so is it your mum was was she aware of it when you started stripping in the clubs when you was at university is is that the time that you kind of introduced her or was it a bit later on well I was doing at university and my mum didn't know and then I came back from university and I wanted to go and do a ski season, which we'll, I'll go into in a second. But I was like, oh, I need some money. And I wasn't, I, I moved back home away from the, um, where the university was. So I wasn't going into that strip club anymore. And my mum actually suggested, she said, well, there's a new strip club that's opened like in our town or uh, the next town. Why don't you go and do that? And I think she was saying it as a joke because at the time I was working in a fish and chip shop. And I, I just kept moaning about it. I hated, I came home, I stank. Smell, you smell of fish and well, chips. It made me take I'm... out, I used, I used to have like my, my nose ring and I, I had like septum piercing and stuff and they made me take it out and it like closed up on shift and I was really pissed off about it. And I had like my hair dyed like pink at the time, I think, and they didn't like that. But yeah, my, I started working, um, my mum my dropped me off at the strip club and she I didn't know that I had already done it and I thought it was like a kind of playing chicken with me to see if I would do it which it kind of was and she's like okay I'll wait outside and if you don't like it then you can come out and um in the end I, I went in and I texted her I was like I'm fine you can leave <laughs> and uh and it was fine and I carried on working at the fish and chip shop for like about two weeks and then the boss at the fish and chip shop actually came into my work and I was like <laughs> hi surprise and he was like oh my god I had no idea he's like I wasn't here and neither were you and I was like I'm not embarrassed and he's like well you can't really work at both because like you know I had seen people that I'd also served in the ship I was like you know and and he was like okay he's like we're in a bit of a pickle here like I don't think it's I don't think he's like you probably earn more here right and 
I can tell you don't really enjoy the fish and chip shop. I was like, hey, but uh, I, he was right. So um, in the end, uh, I ended up taking him to VIP and and didn't go back to the fish and chip shop. But he came back to my work to see me. He missed me. Well, that, <laughs> that was nice. I worked in a fish and chip shop years ago, and I can remember I got one pound seventy an hour. Oh my god! It was god. like my first job, one pound seventy, like fish and chip shop or strip club, you know. And that was nice of him to take you to the VIP. And, you know, I'm sure he paid you a lot more than the fish and chip shop right that night. Certainly did. <laughs> so, I mean, that decision was made for you. That was, it seems that that was a good decision. You know, you the just the salary, just the enjoyment thing. Yeah. Um, so what happened? Um, you moved on and you started snowboarding. Yes. So I wanted to go and do a snowboarding season. That was something that I hadn't done since from a young age but I'd gone on like a a day where you like try it out with like a a friend and I like really really enjoyed it and I was like oh this is great and I'd heard from friends at uni who had like done a snowboarding season and then gone to uni about like how fun it was and I was a bit of a party girl at the time and I was like oh that sounds great like you know I can go and party and just like do a bit of work and go snowboarding all the time and uh, I ended up um, going and doing that and basically living my best life for like what four years I think however long it was but I was going from northern hemisphere to southern hemisphere I started off in Austria then I went to Australia and then back to Austria New Zealand Japan and then to Austria again I really liked Austria that's kind of my life. Mm-hmm. I still go back there to this day, like where I, I spent the most time. And then I did like a summer season in uh, Leaders Alps and I broke my neck in La Avalanche there. Um, oh, wow. So the Avalanche is actually a nightclub in Leaders Alps. Um, it's not an avalanche, it's La Avalanche. As I w- okay, I've, I had visions of you on a snowboard coming down a mountain and an avalanche coming behind you and kind of yeah I was I wasn't so into like off-piece like when I was in Japan obviously there like the snow is incredible um it's the best snow in the world like the the off-piece there is amazing but I was always a park rat which meant that I don't know if you ever watch the Olympics and you see them going on the rails like the metal things and off the jumps um so I was really into that so I should have broken my neck in the park However, I was really good, so I managed to not. I ended up breaking my neck when I was drunk at pro skiing, um, which was really, really dumb because at the time I was uh, I was on a filming trip and I was competitively snowboarding. So I was kind of, yeah. I, I was doing really well. Like I it managed to uh, get really good in a really short space of time. I think that the cheerleading helped me and like my balance and just, can't think of the word when you coordination that's it so yeah yeah and just like having this kind of like fearless mentality of just like oh I'm Mm -hmm. just gonna try it and there's so much footage of me like just absolutely throwing myself at huge things and like rails and stuff like that and just like having falling over and doing it again doing it again um but yeah Mm -hmm. I'm I managed to uh go on this trip where we were filming and we were uh, we were sponsored by um by a brand so we were doing some promotion for them and uh yeah I was celebrating a really good day I'd landed a, a new trick on camera 
and um, we went out for a beer. Everyone else left and I ended up staying out and I climbed up a uh, pole. I was still wearing my ski outfit. So I'd like, I think I had all the tequila in the club and I climbed up a pole and I ended up going upside down and um, and sliding straight down, landing on my neck, blacking out, being helicoptered out oh. of the avalanche, which was not an actual avalanche, but it was a club. Um, uh, for oh. years and years, I lied about it and I said that I did it on, whilst doing a trick. But I think it's important for me to like acknowledge that that was a turning point because I had a bit of a problem with drinking, like, as I said, everyone else like managed to just have a beer and then go home. I lied and said I was going home, but I like once I had one, I was like, I've got to have more, I've got to have more. So I think that was a that was a turning point for me where I realised that oh, this was something that I like really, really loved and wanted, and I, I managed to be the reason that it was taken away from me, and, and it took me a long time to kind of be okay with that so that that must have been like a a big turning point it's like you know I think especially when we're younger we always think we're invincible you know oh yeah and 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 it's like for you it's you do not seem to have any fear (laughs) it's like for me it's kind of scary like I don't get embarrassed very easily and I and I'm not I'm quite fearless which if you add alcohol into that mix is really dangerous. Yeah, because it's, you know, alcohol already gives you that sense of no fear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that's your personality as well. So so now you, you're, you're having an amazing time. You're skiing competitively. You're partying with friends. It's amazing life. And then suddenly it's just like bang taken away from you because you, you've broke your neck. Yeah. And you're in hospital. So is, you know, what is it, what was it like for you just being there? And, and, you know, were you you strapped up? Did you have all? Yeah. So um, I didn't realize that I was in hospital or what was going on because I didn't know what had happened to me because I blacked out. Um, And I woke up in the hospital and everyone was speaking French. And I remember I was just like, like I could, just, I was just looking at the ceiling because I was stuck. So I was just like staring up, and they kept coming over and being French. And I was like, "Je ne parler en français, English, de play," which is really bad French. But I was just like, "I want to speak to my mom." I understand. And uh, it went from like light to dark to light to dark. I don't know how many, how long I was there for until someone I was able to contact someone, and then yeah, and then my um my friend who uh, was in Austria um came and basically got me they said that I could leave the hospital after like a week uh, and I, yeah. they took me to my friend took me to a hospital in Innsbruck where I was living and the doctors there were like they were they were quite rude about the the French hospital and they were like you should not have been in a car because you have like this this fra- you have three hairline fractures and one of them was missed. And one of them was at, at the point where if I was in there, uh, had to break suddenly, it would have completely broken. So even though I was in a neck brace and stuff, they were like, it was really dangerous. You shouldn't have been traveling. You should have, they, they should have, you, you could have gone home, but like you should have had more tests and stuff. So anyways, I stayed in Innsbruck Hospital for an extra two weeks. And then, um, yeah. And then I just, it was like a pretty sluggish, slow recovery. And 
bearing in mind this was in the summer because I was doing a, a summer trip to a, a glacier in Liddesalp. So I got back to Innsmouth and it's bloody hot and I've got this neck brace on and I can't really move. Like my friend was having to help me go to the toilet, go to the bathroom and like wash me and stuff. And I was really, really miserable. Um, and I was obviously like on a lot of medications and things for the pain. But I managed to be able to get up and move and stuff within like, I think like four, four to six months, something like that. I was pretty much like walking around and stuff. I was still being really careful. I missed out on that mm. season, which I was really upset about. But I was still living in Europe. That's what I was going to ask. You were still living over there. Yeah, so, in, my, in my head, I wanted to still carry on with the snowboarding. So in my head, I was like, I can still do this. But by the time I'd got back to snowboarding, I was so, I wasn't as, I had the fear and I've never had the fear before. And I don't know because I hadn't done that. I hadn't done the accident on the snow. So I was like, oh, I'll be fine. But I was just really worried because I, it was so painful mm. and scary. And I didn't like being in a hospital and I didn't like not being able to move and having to have other people look after me so I think it like danger became very real and so um that's when I kind of was like oh and also I wasn't as good as I used to be because I had to you know you have to keep these things up I've been non-stop snowboarding for a couple of years and and when you have like uh, a while out it, I think I had like a year out it was it was it was very frustrating that I wasn't as good as I used to be and I could see all my friends progressing a lot of my friends went to the Olympics um and I was so jealous like I I'm you know I can admit I was I was really jealous all my friends were like still progressing and able to do this and I was like oh damn it why did my actions do this so I think that's when mm-hmm. I was like oh I'm gonna do something else so you're seeing all your friends progress mm-hmm. and you're there in that situation that looks be like really hard to deal with and really difficult for you to try and keep something positive going on yeah so is this when you made the the decision to move back to London yeah because during that time when I was recovering I was drinking and I was taking this pain medication because I become depressed so that should have been the point when I'd stopped drinking and I made a turnaround but it actually was like a bit after that because I was in such a bad place and I was just resenting myself and you know when you're just like in this spiral and you can't get out of it so I was like I think I'm I'm gonna go back to London and try and like get some help and you know sort out my brain because my head wasn't right like I just wasn't in a good place and I was just getting worse and worse and so I wanted to be with my family because they've always like supported me and helped me and I just felt a bit like I don't really have uh, a goal I don't really have like any purpose in life if I can't do snowboarding and um and I just wanted to kind of get myself fixed. So I came back to London and I went back into stripping because uh, it's kind of like what I knew. Um, but mm-hmm. it was incredibly difficult to get sober whilst I was in the clubs. So um, yeah. it actually took a, it was COVID that um, that helped me get sober. And yeah, I ha- I've been sober since COVID essentially. And I that was when I decided that um, I wanted to make a move into the, to adult uh, well I've been in the adult industry like sex work industry but like adult film industry um because I yeah. I've always kind of like had it in the back of my head but it didn't fit in with like snowboarding because I was like I had my purpose and then after I was like oh I'm not going to do that now um what should I do and then I was like oh I definitely 
didn't want to do it when I was like not okay in my head because if you think stripping is hard then for your like self-esteem and things because obviously you have to go and you hear no 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 and all of like a lot of uh, people that are in the clubs are just like drunk and mean and rude to you and stuff. Mm -hmm. It takes like a really hard shell. Um, so yeah, like yeah. adult industry, like I didn't have social media before I was in, in, in the films. So that takes a whole nother level as well of just like self-promoting and if you feel like you're having a bad day. So I was like, I really wanted to get my mental health fixed. Um, well, you know, patched up before I made that move. And I'm really happy that I did because um yeah I'm really enjoying it and I'm having a really good time where I am now so so you came back to London you went into the strip club because that's what you knew mm -hmm. and you're right it's it's kind of difficult you know if you're just from going out and being out with friends and if that's your job as well where like the customers the guys are like sit and have a drink you know and it's yeah. I, I I can see that's quite it's not just that the whole club is set up to be dog eat dog so as soon as you go in the waitresses want to keep the client the customers on the floor with them because they're getting tips the dancers want to take the customers off the floor into VIP because that's where they get paid so everyone's working against each other and it's really toxic yeah. environment and it's only when you're out of it you really understand like well, I mean you I did understand it when I was in it, but I really saw it for how bad it was on my mental health. And I'd been doing that since I was 18 and it had really taken its toll. Like when I was snowboarding, um, majority of the resorts I worked in, they had uh, a club because where there are men, there are clubs. <laughs> and skiing and snowboarding is quite like a, a manly sport, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, everyone can enjoy it, but, you know, it was quite like male heavy in the resorts, I'd say, like lads holidays mm. and stuff. So yeah, I was I was uh, in every resort that they had a club nearby. I was doing that, or I was working in a bar. Um, mm. So getting by. Actually, I, my first bar job I got because they asked me like, "Do I have any bar experience?" And I said, "No, but I've been in a bar." And they're like, "That's not experience." Because I was like, "If I've been, in, I've been in enough <laughs> bars, I know how to do it." And they were like, "Oh, we're not sure, we're not sure." And I was like, "Okay, how much do you sell shots for?" And they were like, "Oh, two euros." And as I, if I can sell them for five euros, can I keep the rest? And they're like, sure, how are you going to do that? And that night, I was, this is before I worked there, I just sold, I think I sold like 25 body shots. And I'm, I walked out with like so much cash. <laughs> and they were like, you're hired. <laughs> we we're like, we want to Yeah. I had like people yeah. coming in just to see me. And my boss, he was a uh, Dutch and he'd teach me all of the wrong Dutch words. So I can speak like really naughty Dutch. But I was think, thinking that I was saying like, hello, how was your holiday? Are you enjoying your time here? Would you like a drink? Blah, blah, blah. And he would like be around the corner saying, because a lot of the people in the resort I were in, in this place were Dutch. He'd be like, oh, she's a stupid English girl. I'm teaching her the wrong things. Look at her. She's even got a notebook. She's writing it all down, blah, blah, blah. And like, I went to Amsterdam and I was speaking to a waitress and I said something. She's like, you know what you're saying, right? You know, these is rude words. And I'm like, what? Oh. I was so, actually, I was embarrassed then because I don't like to yeah. make people feel uncomfortable and she was not happy with me. <laughs> but if it's, oh. yeah, I don't get embarrassed if it's just me that's going to take it. I guess. Yeah. It's difficult, you know, being in an environment where there's a lot of drink 
And when you said COVID was something, you know, that changed you, mm-hmm. everyone, once it was COVID, it was lockdown. We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't go to the bar. We couldn't yeah. go out. You, the clubs were shut down. Everything was shut down. So was that, how was that time for you? Because, you know, did you go like cold turkey or did you slowly do it or did you have support? So I was aware of NA, which is Narcotics Anonymous and like Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, but I hadn't, I'd kind of, I'd been to a couple of meetings, like with a friend who had also got sober, but I hadn't really, I'd only dipped my toes in and I would, I knew that they were going online, um, because I was in like, uh, a WhatsApp group and stuff. So I could see what was going on and I, I managed to, yeah, just cold turkey essentially. Like I gave my sister my card and my ID because uh, where we were because I was living with my me and my sister were in a shared accommodation um and I used to get ID'd at say at the Sainsbury's where we were living so I knew that if she had my stuff then I wouldn't be able to buy anything um and yeah I just basically would sit on zoom in meetings like just and over and over again and was then finding community and getting help from people and doing the step work got a sponsor um yeah I just kind of really I became addicted to NA I say and that was my like obsession and just uh yeah it, it works it's it's very cliche it works if you work it that's one of the things they say but it mm-hmm. really does is it first of all you've got to acknowledge it and then you've got to do the work yeah that, yeah you know I know I knew I'd had a problem for a long time and the first step was like surrendering and real and like being like, this is greater than me. And I'd known that for, for a while because I was always the person that, you know, didn't know when to go home. I wouldn't be able, I, going out for one drink isn't in my vocabulary. Like having a glass of wine with food and then going home doesn't exist to me. Um, I'm just the kind of person that is like all or nothing. And for me, mm. it's easier doing nothing at all than trying to moderate it because I've been trying to moderate it and failing for a number of years by Mm. that point and even you know my injury I thought that would be enough to make me stop but actually it kind of made it worse because it 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 affected my mental health and I Mm. used uh, alcohol and drugs as as a crutch to get through my mental health so I thought you know I'm obviously going to be feeling my feelings a lot more raw, but I think I just, I started therapy at that time as well. So I thought, you know, NAAA along with therapy would really, really help. And I, I'm still doing both of them to this day. Um, and they're really good. I don't do uh, NA as much, but I dip in and out every now and then. Like there's a, a sex mm-hmm. worker group that um, that I go to every now and then. And I am still in contact with my sponsor. Like I don't do the, I've done the step work. So we don't like talk every day and stuff. Um, but I am helping other people. So a sex worker today I saw on Twitter and um, said that she wanted to get sober. And I like reached out to her and gave her some, some links to sex worker NA groups and things like that. So, you know, I think I'm still part of NA as in uh, I'm helping other people, but I'm not like Be supporting. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of similar to what I'm doing with like the union as well. Like I'm not really in it like 
so much. So let, let's I'm talk doing. a little bit about the union. Sorry <laughs> to cut you up. So I, I, I love this is that you've been through these life events mm-hmm. and, you know, these life events and you do things to the max, you know, you go all out. Yeah. Um, and then it's like recognizing and surrendering and taking taking the steps to do it. But now you're in a position to help others to be like, you know, I've done this journey. Yeah. And there will be people that are listening right now that are being like, you know, they are in sex work or they may not be in sex work. And it's it's really inspiring, Ivy, to listen, to be like, you know, for you, you've been there, you've done it and it can be done and yeah and honestly if I can do it anyone could do it because if you had told me like all those years ago that I would be sober I would laugh like I I didn't think it was possible even smoking like when when I first got sober I didn't think I would be able to ever quit smoking I was like I'm I I can do the drugs and drink and stuff but you know when it comes to smoking I need that I haven't smoked in a year I'm still addicted to nicotine I've got my little spray but (laughs) but I haven't smoked an actual cigarette like they they just yeah, smell now. I don't like them. <laughs> well, I, what is it like? If I could say to you, like, what are what is it that is? What is in your mind that is keeping you focused? It, it's have you got your eyes on a goal? It, you know, is it? How how are you doing it? Because someone will be like, well, you know, what is it? What's going on up here? So, I think when. I wanted to get sober and stuff. I didn't really have a goal. And that was one of the fundamental problems Um, in my day-to-day life. I felt like I didn't have a purpose. I felt like, you know, I was just kind of existing rather than living. And it, I knew I, in the back of my head, I wanted to, I wanted to like dip my toe into the adult world. And I had this, like, I always wanted to do like a movie and that was like on my bucket list, but I knew I didn't, I knew I wanted to do it sober. And I wasn't necessarily sure at the time that I wanted to do it as a career. I just knew that I wanted to do it and I would, and I needed to be sober to do it because otherwise, um, you know, I might not be aware of my boundaries. I might have a, a bad experience and I might regret it. And I, I didn't want to have that. Um, so, yeah, I've kind of forgotten the question. <laughs> we, we're, we're just moving on. I, I want to, I, I was interested in knowing you've kind of answered it because I want to know Sorry, like, what I, was I, my brain my ADHD brain just like went over here and then like forgot where I was you do you're doing great no I was just wanting to know like what was in your head and you just told me you didn't have a goal yeah like you didn't have a goal so is it is it once you establish a goal that you want for yourself was that how you was able to you know have that goal picture that goal and then visualize it and then aim towards the goal yeah I think now I have a I don't I couldn't put it into like words uh, like a singular goal but I have like milestones and things that I'd like to achieve um so now I'm very focused and you know I'm I'm a lot more like driven and I'm motivated and I feel good when I've completed something or I've done something, you know, you get like a little, like you get excited about it and like, okay, so now what's next? And similarly, like when I had snowboarding as like my passion and my vocation, like when I was doing that, every new trick that I did, that was a little like, oh, yay. So you always want to progress and you can see where you're going with it. 
Um, but when it's when that was, I didn't have that anymore. Like I was never just motivated by money, which I wish I was. But so stripping for me alone wasn't very productive because I, once I'd hit my goal, I go home. I'm like, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to stay through like I'm done. I want to go to bed. So I think if there's something that it is more than just the money, then for me, that's kind of like what I'm working towards. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Every milestone, everything that you get, you feel a sense of accomplishment. You feel, a, a, you know, a feeling of joy mm-hmm. and it's, it's, you know, the milestone. And, and I love that you just mentioned, you know, you now we're talking about, you know, you always wanted to make a movie. Mm-hmm. So I'd really want to talk about that. You know, it's, it's a bucket list. It's something that you wanted to do. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so I met someone who I, I was having this conversation, like, so I really want to get into the movie. I don't know how, cause I mean, like I, I, I didn't know how, and this person was like, Oh, I know an agent in Prague. Um, I can introduce you to her. Uh, and so I got introduced to her and she said, yeah, you can come out. Um, you can, you can do these scenes um they're quite hardcore and I was like oh yeah that's really good because that's what I wanted to do I had a specific um what I wanted to do and it involved lots of people and me and that's that's all I'll say um because it's really hard to organize that uh I tried and it's really hard to organize lots of people and me just for fun because lots of people have don't show up or whatever so like it's easy like one like two or three is fine but I wanted lots of people so anyways (laughs) I managed to go to Prague and shoot a movie with lots of people (laughs) which is normally something that someone in the industry would move up to because it's quite hardcore especially where the people were inside me I guess I, I love I love this. It's it's like we we're keeping it very PG. Very well. We're keeping it very PG safe. It is so basically, you know. From so here's the thing. You know, when you start in the adult industry and you want to start making movies, you know, sometimes people start off doing solo movies, and then sometimes they might move up and do a collaboration with another male, another female. Sometimes people start off doing webcam. I'm going completely yeah. backwards. I'm going from hardcore, and I'm doing my first scene. Uh, not scene. I'm doing my first shift at babe station tomorrow which is normally like you'd start a babe station some an agent would see you on babe station because i think that's where they scout they you'd get in contact with you on it on instagram and they'd say do you, you want to do a movie i think that's how it happens yeah in the uk babe station is like a, a a channel and you can go on and you can see the girls and and it's been um, around girls... forever and it's one of those yeah. things that like i've been on babe station yeah it's like it's been around forever i remember like when you're at school like you make jokes like oh yeah your mum's on babe station or something like that do you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait I hope that it's actually on TV I want to like get someone to take a picture of, of me on the TV like because they've also they've got like the you know the babe station positions like I, I heard you're only allowed to sit in like certain positions 
or something like that is that, is oh, that yeah I, it, it must have changed with me oh. they just like just go on oh, really? just, just go on Tanya takes just <laughs> do your thing I was like okay but yeah it's the and people can call in as well so yeah. it, it, it was like the shaking of the phone and staring into the camera guys wink wink yeah yeah <laughs> I'm well excited. It's going to be fun. It's iconic. So moving on. So you, you, you got this job, this, you know, this, this scene, this movie set up in Prague and you go there and, you know, people like these, it's like gentle, gentle toes. And, you know, you can build up to different positions and, you know, numerous, they were all guys that you're working with. So there's a lot of positions that guys can go in and you did basically most things that people don't not every person gets to do all these things in their career you basically did them all in your first few scenes yes which a lot of people have told me since is stupid <laughs> but you know it kind of fits my personality like I don't do things in half measures I knew that I could do these things because it was kind of like my fantasy anyways and I don't know I just wanted to like have something that I was really proud of and it was really hard work and I still do these scenes and they're like really, really hard work. And every time I do something like new in them, like I'm always like, yes. So yeah, it's good. And now I'm working backwards and trying to do like more mainstream productions and more like softcore. Cause I've, I can say that, can't I? Yeah, I can say that. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. So I like find it a little bit more difficult to do like the, 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 the less like crazy stuff softly softly sensual sensual you yeah know, yeah when you're more like acting and stuff like I find it really fun at first I thought I would find it boring and that's why I didn't want to do that as my first scene um and but now yeah I'm now really enjoying it I'm really enjoying like the acting and all of the different roles and things it's really fun it's and I and I, I, I want to say either you did you you just told me when we were on Patreon, you just showed me when we were on Patreon. Um, you just showed me the picture you you had a, a painting commissioned of of like the memory of you being on that scene. Yeah, so it was so random how I found that artist. Um, so I was a life drawing model for uh, East London Strippers Collective, um, his uh, London collective of uh, dancers and sex workers, and they do life drawing um, and on pole. So they have uh, strippers come in and be the models. And there was a person there who was who did some drawings and I really liked her the style. And we I, I followed her on Instagram and when I had this idea and I was like I said to her, I was like, Do you have um I know that it, it was it was life drawing stuff, but I've got I've got this picture that I really like to be made into like a big painting. Uh, it's quite graphic though, do you mind? She's like, No, no, that's fine. Anyways, I went to go and pick up, this is such a random story, I went to go and pick up the painting, turns out she lives really close to me, we had the same kind of dog, we ended up going on loads of like dog dates together, and then it turns out that she's started an OnlyFans, she's like in the top 1% now of OnlyFans doing, um, doing like her style of what she does, because she, everyone was always like telling her, oh you should do it, she was always doing like uh, sexy like watercolours and things, but it was in the back of her mind that she was going to do it. So yeah, she's like, she's so amazing. I love her. Um, I went to go, she lives in uh, Barcelona now. I've been out to visit her and she did another painting of me and we've like, yeah, just hung out and done OnlyFans content together, which is so random because I remember when I first like messaged her, I was like, 
so scared that she'd be like, oh, I'm not doing that. No, that's disgusting. Like, how, how dare you even message me to ask me to do this graphic picture? But, like, it, she's yeah. just as cool as I am. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's like sometimes, you know, we we are on a life journey and our paths cross with different yeah. people. And it's I find it really interesting, yeah. you know, the, the people that, that we meet along. So so you've done your your really graphic, no holds barred, all in scenes as your very, very I used first to think, scenes. I used to think it was called no no holds barred. I I got I got it completely wrong. It's no holds barred, isn't it? I thought it was no holds barred. I got it wrong for ages. Sorry, that's really it's okay. I've, I've got words wrong. Um. So so you did it. It was your bucket list. It was a goal. It gave you something. You you know for you having the sparks, having something that you want to do. Um, and so at what point then did you decide, you know, I want to make more movies or I want to, you know, make premium social media platforms like OnlyFans? It was kind of just the fact that I wanted to work for myself and I decided that I didn't want to go back to the strip clubs because it was hard to navigate them sober and things and I, yeah I just everyone like started going on OnlyFans and I like just started doing that and then doing collabs with other people and then yeah kind of I I think the first couple of times I went back to do movies was the same kind of genre I'd say that of my first movies and then you know once you kind of meet more people you get the number you get the numbers of other agents and you kind of work that way so I found it a little bit slow at start at the start because I, I still like didn't really know if I wanted to do it as a career but now I'm a mm. lot more like focused and um yeah I, I'm really enjoying it and I'm being a lot more productive I was being a bit like kind of just dipping my toe in at the first at first because I wasn't yeah. sure if I if I liked it because because of like the whole online thing but now like I love talking to my fans like it's really nice I really I really enjoy chatting to them and yeah it's it's really lovely I, I like it and it's like you know building up a fan base and starting the pre, the social media and then moving it on to the premium social media and yeah. it, it's you know for, for us that is you know how we make our living and and I love that you're very supportive of people as well you know you're supportive of people that want to find goals that want to achieve things like you know the way you said that you are helping with other people that want are in the adult industry or sex workers that you know may want to get sober Mm -hmm. you know um and I love that you are there because you've been through it and are able to support other people um and I want to talk a little bit about the union as well I was going to say that's kind of similar similar to my role in the union because tell um, us about that so I, I I joined because um I had an issue at work uh myself and you know I didn't know that a union for sex workers existed. Um this is pre-COVID when I was still working in a club and the they weren't being the girls weren't being treated very well and ended up um I found the union and um started organising with them and uh and yeah so since then haven't really looked back and because of, of my situation I was able to help other people that have been in similar situations and we we were very very young when I when I joined the union itself um 
we were part of United Voice of the World. That was our parent company and we were called United Sex Workers. We had the first uh, demographically elected committee um, shortly after I joined and, and I applied and I was elected as membership officer. And I did that role for uh, three years, I think. I, I stepped down recently. Nice. Um, but yeah, during my role, um, during my time, uh, we, we do meetings like every, uh, every other week. Um, and we organize uh, workplaces that are uh, legal at the moment. So like strip clubs and places like that. But we're also fighting for decriminalization of sex work. We're also fighting for the decriminalization of sex work. So um, everyone that works in places that are currently um, uh, not legal, like brothels and places like that, like we want, we want everyone to have like the same rights at work and to be safe. So mm -hmm. decriminalization, it means that everyone's kind of just left alone. We don't want it to be legalized uh, because that's kind of like, there's then the, this two layered system and you've always got the people that, um, aren't going to benefit from that situation. So like, you know, migrant workers, um, people who uh, aren't able to work legally, they'll also be in precarious situations, even worse than before. And there's also the Nordic model, which we don't want, which is um, basically the, the Swedish model, um, which is where the clients would be criminalized. And we don't want that either, because if the clients are criminalized, there are um, things that people use at the moment like screening like handing over id or giving over information and things like that and the clients are a lot less likely to do that if they are um at risk of being criminalized themselves so what the opposition think that it's going to do is get rid of the bad clients but it'll actually get rid of the good guys and the bad guys are still going to break the law like they they don't care like the bad guys are going to remain and it's going to put the workers in them um, a lot more a lot more danger so that's just kind of like touching on some of the things we're working on. But yeah, there was, there's been some like great successes. So the, the union is um, UK based. So mm -hmm. there are obviously if everyone's listening right now, there might be different laws in different countries. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think the main part from that is that you are a person that is willing to support others. You mentioned before that you, um, you were diagnosed with ADHD, which attention deficit hyperactivity disorder so I want to know for you um because it, I I like to put things out there so people that are listening it's all about your story and your successes and how you are able to navigate the world and people that are going to be listening will be like well, how did she do that like how did she do that so for, for you um how does it affect you and what you know what tools do do you have that's able to make you a a successful content creator and adult star uh i find it really helpful to just have like i'm a list person so yeah just having like everything written down like what i'm meant to be doing also um having help from people as well like reminding me things i'm meant to be doing like i uh, i'm i will say as well like people please nag me i, I do not get offended by by a reminder because i probably have forgotten and it's not like because i don't appreciate the offer or anything like that it's just because it just slips my mind and it take it I get distracted so easily but yeah just kind of just I find that having being motivated is extremely helpful um and just having like some kind of structure 
Um, so like I'll, I'll go and, and work uh, abroad for a little bit and then I'll come back and I'll have like you know a, a day or two to reset and then I'll be like okay now I'm gonna do my editing and now I'm gonna do my like stuff that I need to be at my computer my desk for because um, I wish that I could do that whilst I was shooting abroad but to be honest like I took my computer this time but I just didn't have the energy for it I, and also my computer is really like my laptop's really slow but my computer at home is like it's it's just that it's much not, more enjoyable experience to do it on because it's so fast mm -hmm. so it's yeah. nice to just like know that I've got these chunks of like chunks of time when I'm doing something and I, I find it difficult to do more than one thing at, at a time so yeah I uh, I think that answers the question <laughs> yeah yeah it does I, I'm just curious because people will be listening you'll be like you're successful so how do you do it it's like prioritizing lists doing chunks and being able to focus, you know, with your shooting, you focus on your shooting. When you're home, then you're getting time that you're like, okay, now is going to be my editing time. Mm -hmm. Now is going to be the time that I'm putting in chunks. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to know, I love it that, you know, for, for this, I, I, I wanted to, you know, talk about goals and bucket lists and, you know, we, we checked it off and it was something that you wanted to aim towards. So, have you got any future goals that you want to share with us? Anything else that's on your bucket list? I mean, in general, I just like to grow my pages, uh, grow my like brand, I guess. Um, I'd really like to do some more studio work. Um, uh, I'm not going to name the names because this is YouTube. But yeah, like I think I've, I kind of like have done a lot of them I'd really like to go to America that would be like an absolute dream of mine to work there and working yeah. towards and getting a visa to do that nice Darrell, I love that you you've got it on your bucket list and so you know I'm gonna ask you you know in a sentence what advice would you give to someone who has goals and dreams that they want to make happen well I wouldn't be able to I wouldn't be here without the support of my friends and family I think it's really important like obviously there are people that you know don't have anyone and, ha and have to do it on their own but I personally don't think I could I could have done it so you know hats off to those people like I just think that with the support of community um and however whatever that means to you I think that for me that is a, a massive part of helping me get where I am today um the sex worker community especially and also like you know the sex worker sober community like there's loads of sex workers out there that are sober and you know it's just a, a different kind of experience for us to I don't know people that aren't sober so yeah they've helped me a lot as well so the support from your community and and having those goals and having yeah, them finding written your, down and yeah finding your community and having like a goal in your mind because I think that it's hard to work towards something if you don't know what it is and that's why I was stuck for so long because I couldn't picture what I wanted or where I wanted to be. So that's why I was in a bit of a pickle. But yeah, since I've kind of had this, like, it's not necessarily like one goal, but it's a direction. And that's how I see it in my brain. I see it more of like a direction and I'm doing all of the things at the moment in the right direction. So yeah, a little bit at a time. And to try and not focus too much on like, um, for me anyways to try and not get overwhelmed by like things that are too far ahead I try and focus on like what's today and tomorrow and next week and just like little by little but it's also really good to have things to look forward to like I've got a content trip in October that I'm looking forward to 
so it's nice to have things like that like booked in but I don't want to get too overwhelmed by thinking like oh what am I going to do in five years time like this ain't a job interview I don't have to answer that question <laughs> like now <laughs> so I, I love it I, I ask different guests you know different questions and it's nice that you know we're, we're all different and we we don't all know what you know five years time 10 years time sometimes that's too big you know what i'd like to be doing in 10 years time tanya i'd like to be on a Mm -hmm. yacht in like just going from island to island somewhere hot just spending someone else's money it's like having sipping a virgin mojito having a lovely time getting a tan not having to worry about anything Sounds like the perfect life. Ivy Maddox, it's been so lovely having you on here. And thank Thank you for your time. And will you tell everybody where they can find you online? Yes, uh, you can find me on my social media. So my Instagram is at Ivy underscore Maddox underscore. And my Twitter is at Ivy underscore Maddox. You can also find all of my socials at www.ivymaddox.vip. Perfect. And thank you so much for coming on today. Thank Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) This is Tanya Tate. Skinfluencer. Success. Thank you all for joining me on Tanya Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success Podcast. In the words of John Gordon from his book, The One Truth. You are here for a reason. You are loved. There is a plan for your life. You were never meant to be average. You have a desire to be great because deep down you know there is greatness within you. Remember these words and whenever doubt tries to rear his head, say them back to yourself. Do you have a story to share on how any of my podcasts have inspired you to be an improved person? Who do you want me to have as my next guest? What questions or advice do you want us to discuss here on the podcast? I invite you to share your feedback with me. You can leave feedback or ask me questions relating to the Skinfluencer Success Podcast using the hashtag AskTanyaTate. You can ask by commenting on my latest posts on Twitter and Patreon at Tanya Tate, TikTok and YouTube at Tanya Tate Tube, Instagram at Tanya Tate Create, and you can also leave a voice note on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slash Tanya Tate, and you might get featured in a future episode. So let's listen to my favorite SpeakPipe voice notes in this episode. Yo, Tanya Tate, what's up? This is the Velvet Teddy Bear, Kevin Smith. And I got to say, I enjoy your show. Man, the other, yo, the other time I listened to your show, when you have Karina Corva, man, her story was so moving. Almost bust a tear on what happened to her, and now she's doing great. And that, inter- that interview, to me, that is one of the best interviews you, you ever did. Yo, keep up the good work, Tanya. My white chocolate queen. Yeah. My velvet teddy bear. Wow. I love that you listen, that you comment, that you tell me. And I did I did an interview with Karina Kova and it was 
from blindness to blessed. She went blind, literally. And she told me her story. And I was the first person that she told in terms of publicly talking about it in interviews. And I was moved to tears. I literally was moved to tears. This girl is so strong. And I, I, I love that you're reacting. And I love that you're giving me feedback on the episodes. And I appreciate that, my velvet teddy bear. Let me know that that's one of the best interviews he's ever heard me do. I really appreciate those comments. And it's like, wow, she blew me away. And your comments have blown me away. So thank you, guys. Velvet Teddy Bear, make sure you, you remind me of your address so I can send you a thank you picture for your show of appreciation. So let's listen to another voice note. Oh, your grace. Tanya Tate is such a wonderful communicator. It's so inspiring and encouraging for me. Nicole Aniston, your, your podcast guest on Tanya Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success Stirred My Soul. The humanity. Oh, the humanity. You both are, are such key, keen philosophers and have upped my idea of heaven on earth. Soul-shaking ears rapture. My whole world adores you, making my mind's eye magicer. I, on your podcast, I am so curious to hear your and fellow performers' rule of thumb, so to speak, interacting consistently with new and renewed lovers before, during, and after. Please advise I, I, how to feel socially and sexually sorted, realized. That's my esteem. Viva la liberté! Oh, the humanity, and how you fantastically mastered positivity judo your grace this is magic or mike saying thank you oh wow magic or mike you you have me smiling you have me laughing there the positivity judo your grace and i love that we inspire you i love that we have made you think, even if it's just one positive thought in a day, even if it's just one smile, I've done it. And what wonderful words came out of your mouth, Magica Mike. You was asking a you, you did ask a question about interacting with, with, you did ask a question about interacting with lovers before and after work. Um, how is it possible? Do you know, I have to say the people that I work with, because I shoot my own movies, I choose the people who I work with, I try and make sure that I have um, some kind of rapport, some kind of chemistry with them, and I get a good feel for them before. And I guess when you have a good chemistry with someone and you discuss what's going to happen... And you both are on the same page. You can be friends. As well as lovers. And I think that's the most important thing. Is being on the same page. And wanting to create something magical together. I always make sure that I make the best. That I can for you. I do my best. 
to give you something that you will adore and appreciate. Whether it be my premium social media or whether it be on my podcast. The Positivity Judo, that's a new one for me. Thank you, Magica Mike. So hit me up with your mail and name and address if I did play your voice note today and I'll send you a photo for your show of appreciation. And if you are leaving a speak pipe voice note or you're giving me feedback on any of the platforms, Audible, Apple Podcasts, let me know. I do give shout outs in upcoming episodes. Thank you for all the support, guys. Keep it coming. I love hearing what you think of the show. And of course, if you do want to get to call me via phone or video chat, you know where you can do that on my premium social media platforms, sexpanther.com slash Tanya Tate or onlyfans.com slash Tanya Tate. And you can follow me on Twitter and Patreon at Tanya Tate, TikTok and YouTube at Tanya Tate Tube, Instagram Tanya Tate Create. And you can see all my official links, including my premium social media on my link tree. Just search Linktree and my name, Tanya Tate, all one word. And remember, if you don't see it on my Linktree, it's not me. Please don't talk to the fakes, the scammers. Um, the Skinfluencer Success Podcast is, of course, available on all major podcast platforms. You can watch it first on patreon.com slash Tanya Tate. It also gets released on onlyfans.com slash Tanya Tate and later on my YouTube channel at Tanya Tate Tube. Patreon members get to exclusively see me reveal in advance this episode's guest and will be treated to exclusive clips that don't make the final cut of the video. Join my highest tier to get shout outs. And this episode shout out of appreciation for being a top level tier member goes to Caller69. Thank you for your support. I really, really appreciate it. And there's so many of you now that are sitting here listening to this, watching it. If you want to get it early, if you want to be the first, get onto my Patreon. You can get a shout out by supporting the podcast and being a top level member of Patreon. This is Tanya Tate. You've been listening to Skinfluencer Success. In the words of John Gordon, you are here for a reason. You are loved. There is a plan for your life. You were never meant to be average. Now get out there and go build your back. Thank you.